Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. And this morning, um, I have a, a message. Um, it could have gone two ways. It could have been called the Courageous Church, but I've decided to call it the Character of Courage. And it's a fitting message for today, considering what has gone before us. And um, it, means, it means so much when you think about it, you meditate on it, that the Word asks us to take courage. It suggests to me that we don't get it in dollops. Just, you know, there you, you've already got it. I've been frightened, terrified in my life. I'm sure all of us have been at times. We've been scared stiff of things and issues. And the word says, take courage. So where do you take it from? And you have to take it from the one who gives it. And God gives us courage. Thank God for men and women that stiffen their spine up so that you think about it in the trenches, that some of those men help those other men overcome their fear and go and do what they had to do. And I'm sure at that time there were many men that probably had a pocket Bible. They went there with their faith, with their belief that God was going to see them through their battles. And if they were not to see the other side, that they had confidence in him, that their souls were safe. Amen. So no matter what happens, church, take courage anyway. Amen. In John 15, 14, Jesus says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And that, just let that sink in this morning that the greatest love of all is the love that gives up and sacrifices for others. What a savior Jesus is, that he done that for us, amen. And so, what a privilege it is to be called the friends of God, sons and daughters of the most high God, amen. And this morning, if this works, I'd like to show a short clip just now and we're going to have to pause the live stream for just a minute while we show it. If you've ever seen that film, it's a, it's a clip from the movie War Horse. And there's um, Emily and her grandfather. And Emily is um, berating her grandfather because she's facing up to the death of her parents. And she's scolding him for not standing up and being brave. And he says, yeah, I'm not, I'm not brave. I just make jam. That's what, that's what I do. Yeah, he, he comes out with, with this wisdom about the, um, the messenger, the carrier pigeons. And it really spoke to me because, you know, there's different types of courage. And here he's using the courage of these birds that have one purpose, and that's to get a message somewhere. And, you know, there's horror and terror all around but these birds have to look where they're going. And if they don't, they won't get there. And I think sometimes we should reflect on that. There's horrific things, there are ter terrible things happening all around us. 
We have to keep our eyes on Jesus or we won't get home. Hmm? Got to keep our eyes on Jesus so that we can get home because there's terrible things happening. And, you know, I was thinking this week as some of us are sitting together watching Pastor Tom's series, some of us are getting it elsewhere. Pastor Tom is not pulling any punches when he talks about the book of Revelation and the end times. And I, my heart goes out to the young Christians that we have with us. And I think, how are they going to cope with this? The, 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 there's terror in God's word. And he says that it's there. And of course, we know from Pastor Tom's teaching that we believe that we'll be spared that. But there is, but there is so there's hope. But I want to say, don't, don't be afraid. If you, you know, it, it's taken us years to, to you know, we, we don't go near the book of Revelation too, too much ourselves. My sister is still scared stiff after watching a movie from in the 1980s called Left Behind, where, which was, she still has um, uh, sh shocking flashbacks to that. The reality is, it's, the truth is that terrible times are coming. And, and there may be terror all around, but you keep your eyes on Jesus and go forward. Amen. And this message this morning focuses on an aspect of the local church that needs to prepare us all to be spiritual warriors, courageous, capable of doing spiritual battle, standing firm against the enemy. Amen. And so the questions I have to ask of us all this morning is, are we, as a church, ready, willing, and able to wage war? Are we re ready, willing, and able to fight the good fight of faith? Do you know in this place anyone who has little to no ability to fight that fight? Do you know people that are frail spiritually? Do you know people that have become spiritually disempowered by the devices of the enemy? We all probably know people like that, and in fact, it can happen to us very easily. And so we have to understand that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Amen. I want to read this out of Ephesians 6.12, talking about the whole armor of God. So go in your words to Ephesians 6.12. And it says there, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. When we prayed for Adam and Taylor this morning, there's no doubt that that is what is, they're dealing with. And absolutely no doubt at all. But take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, keep on standing. Keep on looking. Keep, keep lifting your eyes up to Jesus. There is no higher name. Amen. And so when, I, when we go to God's word, it contains so much symbolism that helps us to understand key principles and key concepts that sometimes would otherwise escape our imagination. God gave us all an imagination, but it tends to be occupied with a lot of trivial things. And we should let God's word begin to spark our imagination so that we can see into the future with spiritual eyes 
And we can discern what's happening around us with spiritual eyes. Do you believe that? Amen. And I'd like to use this scripture from Joel this morning, which exemplifies certain characteristics of the army of the Lord. And I'd like to say that the army of the Lord is sitting here this morning. They're also sitting in the church down the road. They're sitting with Hillary in the parish church. They're sitting with Reverend McNay in West Kilbride Parish. The army of the Lord is sitting in the church this morning. Some of them are watching online. Some of them are, on, some of them are doing things, but they're the army of the Lord. Listen to this in Joel chapter 2. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses, and like swift steeds, so they run. With a noise like chariots over mountaintops, they leap. Like the noise of a flaming fire that devours the stubble, like a strong people set in battle array. Before them, the people writhe in pain, all faces drained of color. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. Everyone marches in formation and they do not break ranks. Amen. It's no coincidence that we used that clip from the movie War Horse this morning. You know, throughout God's word, the horse is mentioned in the Bible. It's considered the preferred animal for battle. And I know that probably after this message, because Linda doesn't know what it's about, I'm probably going to get horse lessons. And there's other people here that love their horses. So I hope I do a good job this morning. I hope I do the horse justice, the, the, the majestic creature that it is. Amen. But it's the preferred animal for battle. You know, to go into battle, to advance into battle takes courage, immense amount of courage. To stay in the battle still takes courage, amen? And the Bible admonishes us to stay alert. Keep on sharpening your skills, church, so that you will have the victory. Because we're all engaged in a spiritual battle, whether or not you knew it or not. There's a spiritual battle that you are engaged in to protect and defend the church from its enemies, to be a defender of the faith, to protect and defend your family, your loved ones. Amen. And every one of us is under this obligation. If we've received Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we enlisted ourselves in the, his army. There, there weren't actually any exceptions or exemptions, and the word will back that up. Amen. We know that we've got the full backup of, of El Shaddai, God Almighty, the full resources of the heavenly hosts, the angels. So we know that we can overcome in every conflict. Do you believe that? Amen. And over the last couple of weeks, you'll have heard me speaking about gates around the city of Jerusalem. One of those gates is called the horse gate. And that gate was also one of those gates that was broken down. There were no horses and riders coming or going from that gate. That was the gate, obviously. They wouldn't have named it the horse gate unless there was a lot of horse and rider traffic there, military, commercial, and otherwise. So the gate was broken down. And there's a significance in that that there's, we can be frail spiritually 
in spiritual battle. And we can have an unwillingness to overcome. Has anyone felt that trying to overtake them? And like an apathy or a lethargy, unwillingness to overcome and defeat the opposition. And if we can restore these gates, then there's going to be an advance from the gate again, a willing advance. And you think about the the way that the describe these horses here. And in Job 39, from verse 19, it says there, have you given the horse strength? Have you clothed his neck with thunder? Can you frighten him like a locust? His majestic snorting strikes terror. He paws in the valley, can you imagine that? And rejoices in his strength. He gallops into the clash of arms. He mocks at fear and is not frightened. This is a horse they're talking about. Nor does he turn back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him, the glittering spear and javelin. He devours the distance with fierceness and rage. Nor does he come to a halt because the trumpet has sounded. (laughs) At the blast of the trumpet, he says, Ah, I smell the battle. The thunder of captains and shouting. What sort of picture does that paint in your mind? Oh, come on now. Come on, church. That is amazing. Throughout history, horses have been used in the battle. They're strong. They're fast. They're agile. And this scripture portrays the horse being perfect for battle, not afraid or intimidated, ready to charge into the face of danger. Amen. I'd like to say this morning, when we look at all the metaphors, the symbolism in God's word, and we look at it, that God would have us advance in the same way, with the same character, with the same temperament. Amen. And I want to, some interesting things here. One of the characteristics of a war horse is its submission to the rider. And have you ever heard, or have you said yourself, Lord Jesus, take the reins of my life. Take the reins of my life. Do we realize what we're really saying when we say, Jesus, take the reins of my life? The horse associated with Jesus Christ is a war horse. Jesus sits on a war horse. In Revelation, we read about the horse that he comes on with the hosts, with the heavenly hosts and those that have been taken up, the church that have been taken up. And the war horse is under full submission to its rider. And it's willing to be led into the complete horror of a battle. The horse itself becomes a weapon against the enemy. And I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently they trained the horses to strike and to kick. All of this, whilst not being intimidated by the sound of battle, by the the terrible noise that was surrounding it. In fact, you could say that the horse conducts itself with the same courage as the rider. Because I'm sure horses get afraid. They get spooked. I know that. And they train these horses for war so that no matter what happens, they go forward. 
Can you imagine soldiers on horseback being deployed from the horse gate, ready to go out and engage with the enemy, ready to defend and safeguard their city? And the reason why they did that was because their city was the dwelling place of God. Their city was where God dwelled. It was full of treasure. And when the enemy came against it, they went out to encounter the enemy. The riders, the horse and the riders went out to encounter and engage the enemy. Amen? So they went out to confront. They went out to encounter. They went out fearlessly. And there's a a promise in Scripture in Revelation that's worth knowing. Go with me to Revelation 21. And it says there that he who overcomes, from verse 7, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. And it goes on to say in verse 8, but the cowardly, the cowardly, that's the key word here, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. God wants us to develop a character of courage, not a one of cowardice. God wants us to be courageous. And I can say to you right now, and I'll hold my hands up, I've been a big fearty in so many times in my life. I was very timid, a very timid child. I wanted to be like, be fit in wherever I went. I was, you know, I, I just didn't, I, I, I hated confrontation. And so, Cowardice is also known as fearfulness. And it's listed at the very forefront of ungodly conduct. That is quite something. That fearfulness, having a fearful heart, is listed at the very beginning of of ungodly conduct. And it says there that not only are cowards not welcome in God's kingdom, eternal kingdom, but they're not welcome in the ranks of his army either. Wow. And there's scripture to back that up. I'll go there just now. So I I want to God to do a work more of a work in my life. Desire the work in your life for God to give you valor and courage. Tenacity the tenacity of a war horse. So that we're so in sync with the Lord that even when we feel the pressure on the reins drop away. We know that he's removed his hands to fight the battle because the horses that went into war had to learn that their riders would have to let their hands off the reins to engage the enemy. And we've got a God that's up there that is waging war on our behalf and we feel the reins go slack so we think we're not in the battle anymore. Huh? So if the reins go slack, know that God is still there fighting for you. Take the reins of my life, but you want to always feel the reins pulling. When the reins go slack, it doesn't mean to say God's absent. He is fighting for you. He's fighting for the church, for us. Amen. He's still fighting the battle. Those horses knew that their, the rider was, was doing battle. And so it stayed steadfast. It didn't kick its rider off. It didn't bucket, it, 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 it knew. I believe the horse was so in sync with the rider, even the subtle movements of the rider's legs and feet would guide that horse. And the, the soldier could have his sword drawn 
and he could have a shield if he wanted, and he could still wage war, and that horse would not let him down. And God says, you can be like a war horse. He wants us to be courageous. He wants us to understand the rules of engagement. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, it says, verse 1, when you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you. Obviously, there's horses on both sides here. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So, so it shall be when you're on the verge of battle that the priest shall come. The priest came. On the verge of battle, the Levite, the priest came. And this is what he said. Hear me, O Israel. Today you're on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Don't be afraid and don't tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. And then something interesting happens and the officers, the commanders, speak to the people saying, are there any men here who've built a new house? You haven't dedicated it yet. Go and back to your house and dedicate it, lest you die in battle and another man has to dedicate your house. Is there anyone here who's planted a vineyard? But you haven't tasted the fruits of it yet. Go back to your vineyard. Lest you die in battle and another man eats of it. And what man is there who's betrothed to a woman and has not married her? This must be one of the hardest of all. Let him go and return to his house. Lest he die in battle and another man gets your wife to be. <laughs> oh my gosh, you can, you can just picture men walking off the battlefield. Uh, okay. But the officers speak further to the soldiers and say, what man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? <laughs> Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. And so it shall be when the officers finish speaking to the people that they made captains of the armies to lead the people. A fearful heart can infect and influence another heart, can influence another heart and another heart until the church is afraid. So we can see from the scripture, certain people were disqualified, rendered ineligible for war, due to certain character flaws. These people could have threatened the safety of others and the success of the campaign. It's part of our carnal nature sometimes to be uneasy, to be unsure, to be afraid. And I'm sure the soldiers would have been like that, naturally afraid, but then they'd hear the exhortation from the priest. And the fear would subside in the light of a promise Fear can only subside in the light of a promise. God has said. When, God's, when God has said, you know you do not need to fear. We do not need to fear. Amen? Christians that have commitment problems are usually preoccupied with and busy with 
many other things that are a distraction to fighting the good fight. And this is why we have to be careful. The, 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 the eye gate and the ear gate are so important. Amen. And there's a couple of camps in the church. One, 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 one group of people believe that God's already won the victory, so we don't need to do any battle. Okay. By his grace, it's going to be okay. He has won the victory. We know he has. And then there's the other side who think that you actually have to go and get physical weapons and engage in physical battle carnally. They miss the point about the battle not being about flesh and blood, but it's about soul and spirit. And people get, their carnality rises up and they want to engage people in their carnality, in their flesh. But God says, yeah, that's not how you engage people in the flesh. Never win anyone to the Lord in the flesh. It's by the Spirit. And this is a strong deception right now, 2021. The enemy gets our attention fixed upon people so we don't discern between flesh and spirit, so we don't put on the full armor of God to engage in spiritual warfare, and our warfare remains carnal. And the enemy is now free to have a field day with you spiritually because you haven't put on the armor of God. Amen? Then there are others who believe that God is a God of peace. Jesus came to bring peace to earth, and that's inconsistent with all of this battle stuff and war and warfare and, oh my God, you know, all of that stuff. But there's a saying, let those who would have peace prepare for war. For Jesus to bring peace on earth, he had to go to war with Satan. And we know that in the, God's word it says he came to bring a sword. Colossians 2.15 says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. Amen. So for light to prevail over darkness, there's going to be confrontation. To prevail means that something's already ensued. The, the, the battle's already started. You've got to prevail. You're already in it. You've got to keep on going. Amen. So the light engages with the darkness and says, darkness, that's as far as you go. In fact, I'm here now, so you have to go back. The light pushes the darkness back. We have to declare that there is light. We have to keep on declaring that there's light in West Kilbride and Kilwinning and Stevenston and Kilmarnock and Darville. There's light there. And we need to remember James 4, 7 that says, resist Submit to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? Amen? So it's not an Old Testament thing, the warfare thing. In fact, in 1 Timothy 1, Paul writes to young Timothy and says, I commit this charge to you according to the prophecies previously made, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So it's New Testament. Amen. And so if we would grow in faith, we need to stay in a battle-ready state. Amen. Fully aware that at any time, the word says the enemy could come in like a flood at any moment. So we have to stay ready. Hallelujah. 
And I want to put a message out this morning to the young people sitting in this place. So I'm including myself in that. No, I mean really young people. Really young people. Your spiritual battles are going to determine the future of the church in many ways. Your elders pray for you, but you must become spiritually strong. In your schools, to boldly proclaim that you believe in Jesus, to stand firm when the tide of mockery and abuse comes your way. You know, our schools and universities at the moment are rife with ungodly ethics and ideas, ideologies. You can't even fight them logically because it's an ideology. You can't, logic can't even, logic doesn't even dismantle it. You can't engage with them carnally because that's what they want. You must engage with them by the Spirit. Amen? Only Spirit-led words are going to cut through. The Word says, it's not by power or by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Amen. 2 Corinthians 10. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And they cast down arguments too. I've seen some incredible men of God, very gifted, argue, say arguing. The argument's pretty one-sided. They're quite calm, being led, spirit-led. And the the opposition is getting more and more angry and heated and frustrated, and they are staying rooted and grounded in what they believe to be true. Not a chink in their armor, not a one, there's not one arrow getting through there. I will not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. Arrows fly, they will not get past the armor of God. Amen. So there's opposing forces coming against us for youth and for adults. There's the sin of there's the, there's there's the, the sins of our youth and the sins of our of our more mature age, you know, and some of the things we think we've overcome like lust and and all of that. You know what? They'd never really go away. But there's things there that are coming against people, loneliness, drug addiction, hopelessness, spirit of divorce, church, pray against that. Depression, financial problems, pride. And we've got to be there ready to fight. And David, King David said to God, God, teach my hands how to make war. Teach me how to make war. We, are, we have peace in our hearts. We take peace where we go, but we do war in the realm of the spiritual. Amen. And so as a church, we've got to be united, coordinated, you know, so that when the priest comes and he says, any of you working? And I, I have to admit, I'd be like, I've got a few areas in my life that I would be, mm, see that project? It, it does occupy my mind too much. See that thing that I've been meaning to get around to? It, it does, it's on my mind. But that, that can be so dangerous. So we have to get things in balance, amen? And we need sometimes people, and the church will have them, because some people say, oh, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a prayer warrior. I'm not a spiritual giant. I'm just we, me. And, and thank God for you. But you still have to be spiritually strong. 
And there will be specialist people that are intercessors that will go out from the, from the gate and they'll go out there to respond quickly to issues that come up in the community, in life, in people's lives. Amen. There's so many well-intentioned people in the body of Christ, but untrained people. And sometimes their approaches cause more harm than good. We need, that's why we need to be equipped for every good work. And I don't say this to criticize anyone this morning. We're all a work in progress. Amen. But we'll have to go into intensely evil environments. You know, you, we might have to, you know, uh, if, if we go to the home of a couple who have been dabbling in spiritual things, we have to, we have to understand that demonic forces have literally been invited or summoned into those places. And you walk in there. You walk in there. You have to be constant in prayer. You have to be pure. Purity is so important. We think that we, we, we can, you will do, the, the things that I have done, you will do in greater the, than these you will do, but not with an impure heart. You must have purity. Amen? And so, but when you walk in there with that, they have no choice but to leave that place. Amen? So before we go to war, before we go to someone's, to, to wade into someone's situation, to say, here I am, I'm here to save the day. Luke 14 tells us, what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him who comes with 20,000? Sometimes wisdom is to go out and make peace before it gets to a, a big, a big stushy. Amen. Go and make peace. So we, as we leave here today and we consider and we meditate, how sharp is the sword of the spirit in our lives? How ready are we to respond with it is written? If Satan comes and he casts a shadow on, on your situation, on your home life, on your marriage, can you say, uh-uh, the light is coming and banish the shadow? Can you do that? When sickness comes to your door, the shadow of, when the shadow of sickness and death comes to your door, can you shine a light on it and banish the shadow? Amen. Do we know the weapons that God has given us to fight the battle? We know that they're not carnal. Do you know that one of the biggest weapons in the battle is the word forgive? F please forgive me. You've won a conquest right there. Will you forgive me? I forgive you. Victory. Will you forgive me? It's a victory. Amen? Amen. All of these things. Forgiveness destroys the work of the enemy. Love conquers all. Amen? Here's the last scripture for today. Thank you for sitting to hear the message, Revelation 19, verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. 
He had a name written that no one knew except himself, and he was clothed, clothed with a robe dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. And the armies in, in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. This is your heritage. These horses are going to be amazing. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God. <laughs> and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We are all called, church, to a significant role, fighting with Jesus Christ to establish his kingdom here. Amen. Amen. Your final encouragement, the wicked will flee when nobody pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Fight your spiritual battle, then that of your family, then that of your church. Get strong first. You get strong. That doesn't just happen here on a Sunday to Sunday. Tomorrow's Monday don't be a Monday morning atheist. Get up and get strong. We can all make that decision to do it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter. Twitter.